Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Dark Art Society podcast. My name is Chet Zar. I'm your host. This week, I'm interviewing Tanya Pamalas. I've been wanting to have Tanya on the show for a while now. I'm a big fan of her work and uh, finally made it happen. So had a really great conversation with her and um, I'm looking forward to bringing that to you. Uh, so um, let's see what's been going on. Oh, I've been so busy. I've been very busy, busy, busy painting for my show, my solo show, Chaos, at Copper Gallery, opening October 9th. Um, so I've just been painting for that. Uh, I have painted a bunch of ton of studies, and now I'm choosing my favorites and uh, painting them large scale or larger scale. Some, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited about these paintings. They're really flowing. I think I've I did so much prep work for them that they're they're easy to do, and um, yeah, they're coming out great. If you want to check them out, you can join my Patreon. I'm posting every day my updates, so you can kind of see all the artwork as it happens. It's Patreon.com/slash/ChetZar. Um, the other thing that's happening is the Dystopia Project, the book. And last, I know I keep saying it's done. <laughs> it is done. I, I, I'll say this. It is 99.9% done. Um, ready to go to print. I'm waiting on uh, price quotes still. Because uh, we, we uh, Mackie, the graphic designer, has submitted a bunch of quotes from different companies. So we have to choose where we're going to get it printed. <clears throat> but uh, last, what happens is, you know, there's there's mistakes. There's just typos and things. So she sends me a copy, and then I go through it, Mike and I with a fine-tooth comb, find all the mistakes, if there's any, send it back to her, and she corrects them. And then if she misses, there's so, it's, a, it's a big book. It's like almost 400 pages. So it's like she'll send it back, and if she missed some or we missed some, and then it keeps going back and forth. Now, the last iteration, there were only seven small minor corrections that needed to be made. So that, that's essentially 99.9% .9 done. Everything else is done. Everything. Um, uh what else was I going to say about it? Uh, oh, and, and then the final thing I have to do is go through and make sure all of the page numbers correspond to the table of contents. Then it's done. That's it. So we're truly, truly at the, the end. I don't want to make an announcement yet until it's absolutely 100% error-free. God, it's been so tedious. But I have showed it around to a few of my close friends and colleagues and everybody loves it. Everybody loves it. So I've, I've said before, it's so much better than I really, than I pictured it even. It's, it's so cool. So I'm really excited about sharing that. Anyway, that's what's been going on with me. That's it. That's, that's it. That's it. It's been nose to the grindstone. And my time is running out with this show. I really, you know, I was always planning. I'll spend a year to six months painting for this show. No, nope, it's coming down. I'm, you know, I'm going to get, if I'm lucky, I'm going to get just under three months. Uh, and my time is running out. So the show opens October 9th at Copper Gallery. Uh, if you're interested in purchasing a piece, you can join my Patreon. Check out what's going on there. Check out the studies. And I can put you in touch with 
Gary because he's taking um, deposits. People have reserves pieces from the show, so um, a good majority of them have sold already, but there's still going to be some really great ones left. Uh, that's my dog, baby girl, snoring in the background. Now she's there she goes. Um, okay, let's get on with this. Uh, new subscribers. Let's see. We left off with uh, Randall Perkins. I got to check. He, he, he helps me with this. Okay, we left off with... I, should, I didn't have this set up and ready to go. Sorry about that. Uh, okay. Okay. I have to be careful not to read the deletions because, <laughs> you know, people delete their pledges too. Um, all right. New subscribers are as follows. On the Dark Art Society Patreon. Patreon.com slash Dark Art Society. If you would like to support and support this podcast and keep it going. Ray Petty. Thank you, Ray. Sean Ferugia. Thank you, Sean. Kevin McGinnis, thanks. You're making it happen. And that's it. Those are the new subscribers. So you can, like I said, go to uh, patreon.com slash darkartsociety and you can join for as little as a dollar a month, get your name read on the podcast, and get into the secret Facebook group. Or it's not secret, private Facebook group. And see what's going on there. It's the most active community on Facebook that I'm involved in. It's it's great. Can't say enough good things about it. People are awesome. People are doing all kinds of cool projects and uh, just conversing. And it's uh, it's a great place on Facebook as opposed to most of Facebook. And the website darkartsociety.com too. You get you get into the member section. Anyway, that's a work in progress. Uh, okay, uh, last thing is synesthesia name of the week. And in Tanya's honor, Tanya is a very strong synesthesia word for me. So um, I'm going to do Tanya today. I, I For those who don't know, I have a form of synesthesia where words have flavors. Okay, so Tanya, the name Tanya, tastes like tomato paste, not tomato sauce tomato paste it's very specific so there you go i hope you like that one tanya okay anybody uh, anyway anyway <laughs> i gotta go paint so uh, i'm gonna be done with this now and uh, uh get on with the interview here so i hope you enjoy it tanya pomalis here we go What's up, Tanya? I'm good. What's up, Jet? Oh, I'm uh, just interviewing you, hanging out here. <laughs> the miserable heat, L.A. heat, terrible right now. Oh, my God. It's miserable. It finally cooled down a little bit in New Jersey, but for a while there, it was, you know, you, you walk outside of your house, and it's like you hit a brick wall of nothing but heat. Yeah. Hey, you want to do a U-turn right back inside. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, you get that terrible humidity, right? Oh, it was disgusting. Yeah, awful. 
I hate the heat. I can't stand the heat. Uh, just just leave me in the house with my my cold water and my AC I know. or a fan. And that's it. I, I don't want to be outside. <laughs> I'm with you. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, you know, I've been a, a fan of your work for a long time. I think you you uh, your use of colors so great, and you and I and I love how you're mixing uh, the dark elements with m- more uh, traditional light elements. You know, like flowers and things like that. And it's so so cool to mix the two and to get such a great result. You know, people people tend to either be like me, which is kind of all dark <laughs> or mm-hmm. all in the light side. And, it, and it's, and I think it's, it shows the potential of really what, uh, what's one of the great things about dark art is that it can be incorporated, integrated, um, into what's, you know, more traditional styles of work. So I think it's great. I think it's great that you're, you're in the, in the, in the scene, you know, you represent a, a kind of like an important little area of, of, of dark art. And thank you. I think, but yeah, I appreciate that. Great stuff. Really great. Great use of color. My dad would have loved thank it. <clears throat> My dad was all, all about bright colors. So, um, what, what, uh, so what's your, what's your story? Were you, were you the art kid? Did you start early? Did you start Absolutely. later? You were the art kid. Absolutely. I, uh, I recently had to clean out my house. So I know for a fact that, um, I started drawing when I was three years old. Oh yeah. Cause like my me. mom used to save, she used to save all my drawings. Uh, she used to give me old sketchbooks actually, or old, um, phone books. And those were my first sketchbooks were old phone books. Oh, really? when you Do you have still, any of those? You know, I don't. That would be I so have cool. some pages. <laughs> yeah. I have some pages, but like when you could, still get phone books right and that oh you froze you're frozen we have a poor connection on the network i don't know if this is still recording here okay we had a technical difficulty what were you saying Welcome did, back. I don't know what I don't know what I missed. You were you're talking about I asked if you had any um uh uh phone books. And, I, d- I don't. And you um, don't. And you have some pages. And that's all I, I do have. Pages, I think that's the last yeah, I heard. Yeah, I have some pages and uh I have construction paper sheets, anything I could get my hands on that I could draw on, she would give me and uh she saved them all. So mm-hmm. when when she passed away and we ended up cleaning the house, I came across that and it it made me very happy and it it made me emotional. So it was it was bittersweet, but yeah, it just it just fortified the the knowing in me that I always had since I was a kid that this is what I wanted to do with mm-hmm. my life. Yeah, like adults would be like, "Oh, why don't you pick some other career?" And I'm like, "Nope, I'm gonna be an artist. Can't change my mind." <laughs> can't do it so did you you know you had that in your mind the whole all throughout school and everything or what was the what was the trajectory um i went to catholic school for 12 years oh no wonder you do dark art (laughs) (laughs) nobody does dark art better than catholics Uh, yep 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 you're absolutely right after seeing all those those uh um the saints that that oh the yeah incorruptibles the incorruptibles the crucifixions you know it's full, all of that yeah. 
Full on dark art, full on magic. You know, it's yeah, ceremonies. Yeah, which it always cracks me up when they're like, "Oh, tarot is bad," or "Oh, right. uh, you know, all this stuff is is evil." And I'm like, "Have yeah. have you looked at yourself?" I know it's <laughs> it's, it's 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 so obvious. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, I went to Catholic school for 12 years. Um, in in all throughout grade school, anytime we had like art projects, I was like, ah, yes. Mm. So I always poured all my energy into those. I was very good academically too. I like to learn. Oh, wow. Always, always reading, straight A student. Wow. Um, That's cool. And it was, it was, you know, it was just like I made my own little world for myself because mm-hmm. I was bullied a lot too. Mm. So that's that I kind of retreated to just my art and and learning as much as I could about many different things. Right. So that's why we have the the straight A and the art kid. Right, which, right. Which a lot of college professors were like, really? You were a straight A student? I'm like, well, I, I mean, yeah, is that weird? And they're like, well, sort of. It kind of is, I think, for art for art uh, art people. For me, it was. I mean, I, I, it was uh, – I always did like pretty – pretty good what did i what was it it was usually i would get like b actually i would get b's in english and uh uh yeah b's in english i would get a's in art b's in english and like c's and everything else and then d's in math and i never got an f i never got an f (laughs) that was the one thing i could not i couldn't bring (laughs) myself to let myself get an f for some reason yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I wasn't very good. I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I don't know. I feel like I didn't, uh, I don't know. I had a learning issues or something. I don't know. I just wasn't oriented that way. I liked, I love to read though. So I did well in English. Yeah. Everybody has their own path and it's not nine times out of 10. It's not, it's never the student. It's just the way the material is delivered. Cause I'm also a teacher. Oh yeah. So yeah. Right. I'm right. a substitute teacher. So, okay. Yeah. I, I get to see how, you know, how you can deliver subject matter to somebody in a way that they can understand. And if that's not working, then I get to think outside the box to figure out what will work. Right. So, I swear, you know, I swear, I've told this story before, I think, but I, in the third grade, I think it was, was it the third grade. I think it was the third grade. Whenever you learn your times or your uh, times tables. That's then, about right. Yeah. Somewhere around there. I remember I, I fell behind. I couldn't memorize all my timetables. Right. And I was always like, you know, we had to do it in a certain amount of time every day. You'd have like, they time you. And I kept, and I was always like at the very end, I just barely make it. And, um, and it fucked me up the whole rest of, I mean, I'm talking through high school. It's like, I was always didn't quite get math because I had fallen behind that early on. So then when fractions came up, division came up, it's like, I was doing it, but I wasn't fully getting it. And then we got to fractions and fractions, just no one ever explained fractions to me that made sense. Uh, as far as like multiplying fractions and dividing fractions mm-hmm. and stuff. And I just could never catch up. And so then I always just got like D's in math, barely made it through. Math, math is, math is hard. I it's was a interesting. bilingual math teacher. What's that? I was a bilingual math teacher for oh, wow. uh, about six, six months out of a school year. And whew, 
You have you have math, and then you have the the need to have to translate as you're uh, trying yeah. to teach the material. That's got to so be a bitch. Like, oh God! <laughs> By the end of the day, I was speaking like I would talk to my boyfriend in Spanish, and he's like, "What are what are you saying? I, I don't." I can't understand you. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I haven't shut off teacher mode yet. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that's got to be rough. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so you uh, uh, um, you you keep going. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Yep. No, no, no problem. So, uh, yeah, so in high school is when I started taking actual art classes and when I started to oil paint. Oh, wow. Uh, yep. That's because, young. Yeah. The teacher, had, there was like this auction or something, and she wanted us to make a painting that could be auctioned off to benefit the school. And because I I wanted, you know, the art program to do well, I was like, okay, sure, I'll, I'll do this. I'll take on oils. Mm. So that's when I, oh, my God, what a mess. I made such a mess. It smelled so bad. And my mom was like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I don't, Mom, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I'll figure this out. And I kind of taught myself how to paint in oils in high school. And then um, I went to college. I went to uh, Stockton College, uh, Richard Stockton College of New Jersey, which is now a university. Hmm. And I got a Bachelor of Fine Arts uh, with a concentration in painting and a minor that. in business. Yes. Wow, really? That's yep, crazy. Minor in business and kind of sort of a minor in sculpture studies also. Hmm. Um, and again, in there, the professor, even though she was an oil painter, she cut, she didn't really, she was a great professor, but she didn't really know, she didn't really explain how to use the paint. She kind of just wanted you to figure it out intuitively, which hmm. is probably purposeful now that I think about it. And that's where I, I learned most of what I know now. And then after I got out, I just kept working and working and working because I was like, I want to do this full time. I have to, I have to work at this. This is going to take a lot of time until I'm able to, to succeed at making money doing mm-hmm. this. And now I think I'm finally at that point. I'm going to be 32 in November. Oh, you're 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 young. I didn't even start painting till I was thirty three. Yeah, <laughs> I, I feel I feel old sometimes, man. I've all, yeah, I've always felt old. Ever since, me and my wife always joke about that. Like we both have always felt old it, for some reason. Even when we were younger, like we always felt older. Um, me too. It's a weird thing. It is. Maybe it's maybe it's a past life. Going yeah, through. it's definitely some kind of cosmic thing. I think. So. um Okay, so how did you how did you end up getting into teaching and stuff? Well, I got out of college and I was like, well, what am I going to do with this degree? Uh, so I decided I would do the alternate route uh, program for teaching. So that's basically like you go to college, you get out, you don't know if you want to teach, so now you go back and you take classes about teaching. So you do it backwards. Mm-hmm. So I, I started that program, and I, I forget the professor's name, but I'll never forget what he told me. We're in the middle of the program, and New Jersey decided they were going to change the stipulations on how you complete the program and what the new requirements were and how soon you had to get a job before you could stick with the old old program 
instead of having to jump into the new one. So I, I couldn't find a job. And I told the professor, I said, look, man, I can't find a job. This is expensive. I don't think this is going to work out for me. Do you have any suggestions, any other avenue that I can go down, Any anything? And he, this man looked me dead in the eyes. And he's like, you're an artist, right? And I said, yes, I want to be an art teacher. And he's like, did you ever think that you could be an art teacher and not have to go down this path of education? You could do this another way. Maybe this isn't your calling. Hmm. Interesting. And I'm like, what did you just say? <laughs> and he's like, maybe this isn't your calling. And I was like, oh, okay, thanks, I guess. <laughs> and I, I left and I, I sat in my car and I was like, what just happened? This, this guy just, it was, it was like nobody else was in the room. He, he, he spoke to me with such conviction, like, mm -hmm. don't, don't do this. Don't, wow. don't follow this road. Wow. Do your art. Wow. That's how I felt. <laughs> and I went home and I told my parents, I was like, fuck this. I'm not teaching. I'm, I'm going to get a substitute teaching job. If it pans out, it pans out. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I don't even care anymore. You know, this guy just told me not to do this anyway. Right. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. That, that's pretty cool, I, I, though. I mean, that's cool. I forget that it, his name. That's, that's, uh, that's what, the, you know, that's what a, a good mentor is supposed to do. You know? Mm -hmm. it give you honest advice. And, um... Wow. Okay. So then you uh, you ended up getting a substitute teacher job. Mm -hmm. and... I've been doing that for seven years. Oh wow. So is it is it kind of like a random thing? Like you just you just get called randomly. So the way it works is you um you have a system and you sign up for like this app and they send you notifications for like jobs. So you get to pick the jobs that you want. Oh, that's cool. Doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean when you show up, you're going to get the job that you thought you got because they like to move you around like physical uh. like chairs sometimes. <clears throat> so um, I would always go in for the art teachers and I would go in for a lot of the bilingual classes because mm -hmm. the district where I work, even though it's a lot of Hispanic uh, kids, they don't have a lot of bilingual teachers. So I saw that need and I, I was – I told the whole department i said if you guys ever need me i don't doesn't matter what subject matter just let me know so i was i've done bilingual math i've done esl i've done bilingual history and i've done bilingual science wow <laughs> yeah 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 that's a that's a that's a great skill to have i so mm -hmm. wish i spoke spanish I, I really i really do i i um i'm some of my family on my biological father's side spoke Spanish because they were from Mexico. And, um, and my daughter-in-law is bilingual and, um, her mother speaks like only Spanish. Mm. And, um, my granddaughters even are bilingual and none of them will teach me. <laughs> I yeah. try and get the, I, I get words now and then I get, they, you know, every once in a while I learn, learn a word like when, my granddaughter called me at, what did she call me at? That oh, was so funny. She called me at, she was joking, of course, but she called me a, an ugly or something like that. <laughs> You're an ugly chongo. 
<laughs> or a smelly chongo or something. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, chongo, and she was cracking up. I was like, what's a chongo? And she's like, it's a monkey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I get words yeah. here and there, but I really wish I was, I, I would love to uh, be be bilingual. Like, it's one of those things. I should be listening to, to um, you know, one of those bilingual studies while I paint to learn to speak Spanish. My mom taught me, uh, the way she taught me was if I wanted something, I had to know how to say it in Spanish. Otherwise, I wouldn't get that thing. Oh, really? So, like, That's cool. If I, if I really wanted whatever that thing was, I, I better know how to say it. <laughs> right. <laughs> and all, my whole family lives in Puerto Rico for the most part. So I, they only speak mostly Spanish. I mean, that's a bilingual island. Right. They teach English in most schools, but... My family speaks mostly just Spanish, so in order to talk to them, I had to know. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a great, it's a great skill, great skill to have. So, okay. Um, so you're you're doing uh, so seven seven years ago, you started becoming a substitute teacher, correct? Mm-hmm. And you were also painting as well. Yes. And and yep. establishing yourself as an artist. Mm-hmm. And. and uh, I ran a gallery for a little bit also. Yeah, that's what it. I was going to ask you about. I remember when that was all happening. Yeah, yeah. I opened it in 2018, and for a while it did really well. And then COVID hit, and then I couldn't, you know, yeah. sales sales came to a screeching halt. Schools closed. And I was like, you know, I guess, I guess this chapter is done. So I sent everything back, which was like, I don't know, 80 different artists in there. Oh, my God. I sent everything back. Some of them were like international, like from the Netherlands and Russia and Germany. So that was a whole ordeal. But I'm grateful that I did it because I made a lot of connections within this this particular community, the dark art community. Mm -hmm. And I exposed a community that didn't really know a whole lot about this type of art. To the benefit of experiencing this type of art. And people were really sad when I closed. Really? But, you know, yeah, they were. They were. They kept messaging me. They're like, is there anything I can do? Can I give you money? Can I wow. Can I volunteer? Wow. Can I help you in any way? And I said, I appreciate it, but I, I truly feel like this chapter is done. And the purpose I had to fulfill has been fulfilled. So, actually, now a lot of a lot of places are more willing to show dark art and things like that because of my gallery and another shop that's up the street from me called the octopus garden that also shows a lot of unique stuff. So, Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I, I, I felt like I did what I had to do. Yeah. And well, I, I closed it. What was the name of the gallery? Calvaria gallery and studio. So that's I, right. Calvaria. Calvaria. Mm-hmm. So this, uh, the skull cap is the calvarium, and that's where I got that from. What's that? Say that again. The skull cap is called the calvarium, I believe, and oh, that's where really? I got oh. calvaria from. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> it was it was weird. It was weird. I was painting one day, and uh, it, was, it was a weird experience. This was before I even decided I wanted to open. I was painting one day, and all of a sudden, I just had like this flash before my eyes of, of a gallery and the logo and the name and the colors and and how it would look wow in like, like split second wow. I, it, it was like 
I was painting and then I wasn't. I was in another, like another realm. Mm-hmm. And I, I came back to my senses and I was like, this is something I have to do. So I kept that to myself and I just, I went to my substitute job and I kept doing things and I was like, one day I'm going to do this. And then I had a really bad day at work (laughs) (laughs) and I was like, now is the time. I can't take this job anymore. It's driving me up a wall. So I I told my boyfriend, I said, I want to open a gallery and I want to open it in the next three months. And he's like, you're absolutely crazy, but I'll do it. Wow. So this man was crawling in the ceiling, installing cameras, helped me paint, did all the electrical work, helped me remodel everything, and I opened the gallery. Wow. But that's, yep. <laughs> How did you afford to do that? Did you have some well, money, money my, saved up for rent and all I, that? I had money saved up, but uh, the gallery was actually in a space that my dad owned. Mm. So I, I went to him. Because uh, he's he's a businessman, first and foremost. He's, everything is business with him. Mm-hmm. So I went to him and I was like, this space is empty. I just had this this experience, this vision of this thing that I have to do. I will take care of this space. I will give you whatever I can afford to give you in rent. Uh-huh. I will do whatever else you want me to do that is equitable to a rent payment. Please, please let me have this space and let me open this. And he's like, okay. You see, very determined. That's and cool. And he actually, he paid for the paint and everything. Oh, and that's he excellent. He helped me a lot. He helped me a lot because he, he could see that I really wanted to do this. And it speaks to the support that both of my parents gave me in terms of art and, and my career. Yeah, that's amazing. And I appreciate that. I appreciate that. So he helped me do it. And when he went in for the first time, when I hung up a full show, he went in and he he got watery eyed and he looked at me. He's like, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine being a, a parent myself. That would be a really amazing thing to see. Yeah. That's super cool. Wow. So you, you were, um, were you, you know, I've, I've always been kind of curious. Like I've, I think every artist thinks about opening a gallery at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone I know, and I certainly have. Uh, but then I think about the reality of running a gallery, and I go, "No, I'm not going to open a gallery, <laughs> especially it's not a lot of work." <laughs> yeah, especially not you know where I live. It's it would be too expensive, but mm-hmm. and it's just too much work or organizational stuff. Stuff I'm not good at mm-hmm. anyway. But um, uh, so. Were you using that also as a, as like, you know, cause I've seen artists open galleries to where they mainly show their work, but then they also show other people's work. So were you using that also to showcase your own stuff? I was putting some of my stuff in there, but then it, it got to a point where there was so many different artists in there and I didn't have a whole lot of space. Wow. So I ended up not showing a lot of what I what I was making, which is, which is fine. Yeah. Hey, as long as you're selling, as long as you're selling stuff through the gallery, that's when you have a gallery, you have to sell artwork. Yes. Oh my God. The things that I would do to try to sell stuff. (laughs) I would set up a a speaker system. I would go outside. I would dance on the sidewalk. (laughs) I would wear like really creepy makeup. Exactly. (laughs) 
Oh my god, I would do all sorts of crazy stuff to try to get people to come in, and they they would come in because like what? There's this crazy lady dancing on the street. What are you gonna do? You're, you're obviously gonna look at her and pay attention and figure out what the hell is going on. That's great. So, so you would, were selling? Come in. I was selling work. Yep. Wow, that's awesome. It, it it was it was a struggle, but it was a struggle worth doing because. Mm-hmm. When I closed, I got a lot of messages from people that were, were grateful that I that I helped them, that I gave them the opportunity to showcase their mm-hmm. work. You know, it's, just just because people move up in the ladder of life doesn't mean that they forget where they came from, and that was also my purpose too. When I started my career, I didn't have a lot of places that were willing to show me until I really was like persistent about it, mm-hmm. and I felt like I had to give give some of that back i had a mentor started named mike bell which he shows at um the dark art emporium Hmm. he does uh like pop pop uh icons dark art bride of frankenstein frankenstein type stuff and he became my mentor for a very long time and I, I owe a lot of my success to him, and so. Oh yeah, I know I, his stuff. I've seen his stuff. I yeah. just looked, looked him up right now. Yeah, I felt like I, after that experience, I had to do something to give <laughs> back. It was actually he. He actually was like, "You should open a gallery here." Wow. <laughs> I was like, really? He's like, "Yeah, you 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 should you should do that." And I was like, "All right, <laughs> if Mike Bell says I should do that, I should probably listen to Mike." <laughs> That's awesome. Wow. So you um. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, you seem to take the closing well. I did. It it was. I mean, you have a good attitude about it, Um, and I and I I imagine that's part part of that is because you um, have you know your main thing is your artwork. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's not like you closed down your art. Yes. It's Mike. It was like kind of an offshoot of that. And I yeah. imagine it was really great for learning the business end of, of uh, like a crash course in the business end of art. Absolutely. Because it's, it's once you once you start, you know, having I've worked so closely with Copro, you know, it's like, you know, that's for me, I go in, I, I go in there, I can sit behind the desk, you know, it's like I'm part I'm one of the family there. So it's it's, you know, it's mm-hmm. almost like I'm one of them. And so I get to see it from and at curating shows and stuff. You, get, it's a totally different, you know. It's so easy to talk shit about galleries and fifty yes. percent and this and that until you actually try and sell a bunch of art of other artists, and it's yes. like, it's it's you know, I I don't want to say harder than being an art making a living as as an artist, but it's probably about as hard as it is to make a living as an artist. It if absolutely not harder. is. Cause it's, it absolutely yeah, because it's like, at least as an artist, you can kind of control your output. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, if you if you, you can hustle, you can make new work to try and sell. A gallery is kind of dependent on other artists, and they mm-hmm. have to just sell, you know. And it's yep. rough. It's not easy. No, no, it's not. And, you know, that when I, when I see artists complaining online about, yeah, the gallery didn't do this, they didn't show my work, they didn't prom- promote me. That you know, I'm like, you know, a lot of these places are probably run by like one or two people, mm-hmm. and those people also have lives of their own, and they're humans, and they're not perfect. Yeah. You know, 
have a seat, calm down, <laughs> and try to look at it from that perspective. And I'm, that's another thing I'm grateful for because now I can see both sides of the coin. Right. As an artist and as somebody who ran the gallery. So like you said, it was a great crash course in, in the business end of things. And uh, the, the entire time I was like, I'm, I'm glad I have this business minor <laughs> to be able right. to do that's this. That's what I was, when, yeah. you, when you said you had the business minor and, and uh, uh, BFA in fine arts, I was like, that's kind of a perfect combination, really. Mm-hmm. You know, because um, the business end is is so important. But uh, I, I think the best the best way to deal with galleries is is you got to look at it like a partnership yes. you know you gotta like it's it's almost like you're two separate businesses that are going into business together so you have mm-hmm. to support each other you know yes and um you know that i think it comes from this the old dream or maybe back in the old days the way the gallery system used to be or maybe even at the blue chip level to where you just get to create your art and the gallery does everything else and it's, mm-hmm. you know, who wouldn't love that? I would love that. I would love to not have to deal with any of the sales at all. And just, you just get a paint, but that's not the world we live in nowadays. Not any, no. you know, not anybody I know anyway. So you got to, especially pro- with the internet. A yeah, lot of times. Yeah. So you got to approach it like a partnership, I think, and really be like, okay, how can, yes. what can you do? What can you bring to this that I can't bring? What can I bring to this that you can't bring? And then let's work together. To make mm-hmm. to make sales for both of us, you know, to make money make for a, both of us, a win-win situation right. as, as much as possible. That's not to say there's not some crappy gallery galleries oh, and crappy gallery owners, but you know, if you find a good, decent gallery, that's the approach you need to take to make it work. I think. Yeah, I I saw a lot of my work through um, Keep Contemporary and Cactus Gallery. Mm-hmm. So Keep is in New Mexico and Cactus is in California and they take 50% of the sale but I don't even care because they promote the work. Yep. They have the collector base, you know, they know people that will be interested in the type of work that I do. They get their paycheck, I get my paycheck and they we're deal all with, happy. Yeah, they deal with selling it and mm-hmm. shipping it and yep. making and sure that All I have to do person, is paint. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Making sure they get the payment, you know. There's there's a lot that goes into it. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, and I think that small galleries like the one you started are really kind of like so so important to the overall art scene because that's how you that's how artists get their foot in the door. Um, that's how I started showing. I and I you know most people start in smaller galleries and then work their way up, and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's I, I know plenty of successful small galleries like the one you had that that realize the importance the importance uh, that they have within the the system, and they and they're not like trying to be the biggest gallery. They're like, this is our niche. We get you know we show new artists, up and coming artists, and and they they come here and they show for a while, and then they move up to a a, a bigger gallery. And they're happy mm-hmm. with that. And it's, and you know, they make it work. And, and it's like they're, you know, every gallery can't be the best gallery. It's like there's a whole. Um, exactly. You know what I mean? Every, so it's like a everyone system. Everyone serves its purpose. Mm-hmm. So you got to be kind of like, know, 
no, your place sounds like a, a really bad way to put it, but, but you know what I'm saying. It's like know where uh, no. know where you fit exactly. in the in the puzzle. You know, it's uh, and 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 do that to, to the best you can do it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and realize that you're you're an important integral part of the whole thing. Exactly. Um, you know, you're part of the ladder. You're yeah. part of the ladder that the artist has to climb. Right, so, right. Without that, without that step, they would fall. Right, and crash yep. and burn. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's it was it was a good experience. That's great. That's great. So, did you um, at this point when you started the gallery? Um, how much of your, um, you know, how much of your income was? From your art, were you were you establishing yourself at that point before the gallery, or did the gallery help uh, help establish you as an artist more? Or? I I was kind of doing both simultaneously because I was showing before I opened the gallery, but opening it helped connect me to more people that knew about other galleries, so that brought me opportunities also. And I would open the place and I would work. My studio was connected right next to it. so Oh, that's cool. You could, yeah, you could walk from the gallery into my studio. So a lot of people would actually walk in and they'd be like, oh, what's over there? And I said, oh, that's my studio. You want to check it out? And they would come in and they're like, oh, this is like a whole other gallery. And I'm like, yeah, it's great. <laughs> you, get, you get to look at everybody else's work and you can come in here and look at mine. And that I, I was working on getting to do it more uh full time i wanted i wanted to just do the art and run the gallery but it it was still a struggle so i had to keep my substitute job i also right. needed to keep it for health insurance oh yeah yeah and I, I probably still will keep it but just work like one day a week mhm yeah that's but, great uh, that's great yeah and you, you kind still of have, it's nice cuz yeah. you still have that income you can fall on yeah and you can you know choose which days to work too kind of you know exactly exactly so that's kind of uh, a great pretty great situation to be in really so it was basically a three-part income stream that i was working with Mm -hmm. at that time were you doing uh online sales like primarily online sales yeah i had i had an online shop um which that's a lot of work to update Mm -hmm. that takes a lot of time to do uh, so I did, a, I did do a lot of sales online, but I, I did a lot of them in person on, on the, uh, third Friday events that we would have. Mm. So every third Friday of the month, all the shops on, on the street would open and they would stay open until like 10 or 11 at night. So you have these people that have gone and ate and drank their wine and want to have a good time. Yeah. So. Those are the people you want to get in your store. Yep. <laughs> and they would come in and I would, you know, talk to them about the artists and I would work on getting the sale made. And it also it taught me how to present the work in a way that would connect to people and make them want to buy it. Right. Which is very hard to do. Absolutely. I can do it with other people's work, but I, I still struggle to do it with mine. Uh huh. Because <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, man. It's just this painting. I think it's cool. Do you want to buy it? I don't have to. <laughs> yeah, and you, you got to learn. It's so weird. <laughs> you got to learn to toot your own horn. It's a skill that is is very hard for most artists. I think mm-hmm. is to talk about their art. But uh, you know, like Gabe Leonard always says, though, you know, there's no one's no one's going to be a better salesman 
for the art than the artists themselves, you know, because you just have to learn how to talk about it, you know, because yes. you know the artwork better than anybody. Um, so, yeah, I want to talk about your artwork. Uh, how, how did you, you, you definitely have your own style. I mean, I recognize it right away. I think everybody does. It's like you've, you've got your thing. Um, it's very appealing. I, I, I could, I, I mean, I don't know how well you're selling now, but it seems like you've continued to grow and make sales and, you know, your paintings have definitely gotten better, getting better all the time every time i see a new painting yours it's amazing so um uh i'm just wondering you know how you how you came to find your your style or your thing uh because it's so clearly you and i know a lot of artists struggle to find that and it's not like anybody else's artwork either um that i can think of it looks really as unique so how did you come across that did you did you flounder for a couple of years like I did, trying to figure out what to do, or how did uh, how did it happen? Uh, for a little bit, I did. Um, in the color thing, so there's there's a few parts to this. I'll try to explain mm. it without confusing people. the The color thing was because I love color, but also when I was in college, my professor was like, oh, your colors are too bright. You should try using a more muted palette. Mm -hmm. And in my mind, I was like, fuck you. I'm not going to listen to you because, <laughs> you know, young people think they know what they're right, doing all right. the time. So that was kind of my attitude back then. And we all go through that. Right. But I, st I, I refused to change the way I wanted to use and experience the color palettes that I was that I was using. So I stuck to it because I enjoyed it. It was it made me happy and I was like I am going to keep doing this. I I don't care what you say. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I I kept doing it. Um the subject matter comes from when I was a kid, I used to be fascinated with Egyptian art and mummies and oh, wow. the, process, the process of mummification and archaeology. I wanted to be an archaeologist. So bones, all of that stuff. I, I found it completely fascinating. My mom would buy me books. Mm -hmm. Whenever they had the scholastic book fair, I would get money and I would look for stuff that had to do with like Egyptian art. And I bought this book that taught you how to do like your name and hieroglyphics yeah. and stuff but, but it also explained in detail how they mummified people and what they used and i was like this is so gross i love it yeah <laughs> <laughs> and i just i i found fascination in in the theme of death that way ah interesting but then a lot of it also comes from my personal struggle with depression i've had depression for most of my life. Oh, wow. And it's, there are days where I struggle to get out of bed. There are days where I question my worth as mm. a person. There are days where I, I just, I can't function. And those days I just acknowledge them and I, tr I try my best to, you know, I'll get up, I'll brush my teeth, I'll make breakfast if I sit down in a chair and I don't do anything for the whole day, so be it. Right. So 
that struggle of like i i feel dead inside Mm. but i don't want i don't want to die because life is worth living regardless of the struggle that's Mm -hmm. my personal opinion Mm -hmm. so i was like you know how can i how can i deal with this before it consumes me because Mm. at at one point i it was it was very bad yeah and i i questioned so many things about my life and it was a very dark road that i that i traveled so i i said how can i how can I highlight this this struggle that I'm feeling in a way that is positive and in a way that other people who might be in the same shoes might see this and feel like, hey, you know, this is dark, but but it's beautiful, but it's hopeful, but it's inspiring. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and that's kind of where all that the whole theme came from juxtaposing life and death wow and iconography that that makes people scared because we're all you know we're all afraid to die in in Mm -hmm. some capacity Mm -hmm. so how can i pair that with the notion that even though we're going to die one day you know we're still going to go back to the earth where we might come back in a tree we might come back as you know a bird we might come back as another version of ourselves down the road but our our consciousness i believe doesn't die right i believe it just goes to the greater consciousness of the world yeah. as a whole i'm with you there and that's that's where that whole theme of my work came from that exploration and that that desire to not want to let depression end all the aspirations that I had for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I knew, I knew that if I could do it, I could get other people to see it. And if I got other people to see it, I could probably convince that person to not hate their life so much. Mm-hmm. And if that's, if that's what my art does, then I feel like I'm fulfilling my my purpose in life. Yeah, definitely. Wow that 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 you just that's that, that's how you should sell your art because <laughs> <laughs> you just basically gave the, the the perfect pitch for selling your art. Because really that 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 explanation to me like just it, it made your art even better to me now. You know, it's like just on a a, a, a visual level, your art. It, to you know it's very appealing um uh just because it's colorful and it's really well painted and it's just you know beautiful to look at and it's awesome you know i i it's it's great but knowing that personal uh uh history uh, and meaning behind the artwork just makes it gives it so much more meaning you know so um it's super powerful so Thank you. yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. There's a quote I have on my on my cabinet door, and I'm looking at it. I've been looking at it for this whole interview. Uh, <laughs> it's from Wayne Dyer. It mm. says, "Don't die with your music still in you." Yeah, absolutely. That's great. And that's a great. I think quote. everybody has their music, and they should share it, whatever Abs- that song is. Absolutely, hundred percent. 
Wow, yeah, that's inspiring. And that's such a perfect... See, this is why dark art is so important and so amazing and so great. Is you, you know, you're like a classic example of what dark art is truly all about, you know, really at the core of it, which is, tr you know, trans transforming pain into, uh, into beauty, you know, taking taking alchemy basically turning lead mm -hmm. into gold you know turning the lead of depression into the the uh gold of of art and uh that's Absolutely. why that's why it's so powerful that's what's so powerful about it so um yeah that's great that's amazing that's amazing um so do you do you have uh flashes of how do you d design your paintings so my paintings um do you have like flashes like I, you saw the logo of your yes i i explain this to people and they don't get it and I, it's, it's i've fine. rarely i've only had that happen a few times it's so rare for me to have like an image flash in my mind it's really more of a you know your process is very in intuitive you, mm. you pull forms yeah, and I, I, it's, it's magical to watch you paint because you, you pull something out of thin air. And I'm like, how the fuck did he do that? <laughs> I think the same way, though, about people who get flashes of images in their minds. I'm like, I wish I could just like, see it done already. <laughs> I see I, I see it. I consider it a, a, a blessing from another realm because I don't I don't do the work. The work comes from some other place mm -hmm. from another consciousness. And a lot of times when I paint, I feel like I'm not even painting. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm just a vessel for the idea that has to come out. Right. Totally. So a lot of my ideas are just, they're flashes. A lot of times and mostly completed pieces. And it's only a couple of seconds. And I'm like, oh, man, I got to get this down. I got to write this <laughs> down. I got I to scribble this down in, in some capacity. So because of that, there's pens and paper all over my house in places that don't even make sense. Because, like, if I come up with an idea doing the dishes, I have to have a pen and paper there to be able to scribble the idea down. Right. So I always have that shit lying around everywhere. Yeah, yeah. My house is like a staples. You you can find a notebook and pencils yeah. everywhere. <laughs> That's the only way to do it. If you have like one spot for them all, they get lost. You have to just mm -hmm. have a ton tons of writing utensils everywhere. That's how I approach it too. So I and lately I've I've picked up the practice of meditation a lot of it because of what i've heard you say about meditation and a lot of Excellent. it because i just wanted to quiet my mind mm -hmm. for for the last so my mother passed away in 2018 and after she passed away my my brain just felt like walking into a room of a thousand people talking and nobody shuts up mm-hmm and you're just hearing this cacophony of noise all the time. And it was it was really weighing me down because I couldn't focus. Uh, I, I struggled to even read. Reading mm -hmm, was a yeah. struggle, and I love to read. And I felt lost. Mm. I felt like I couldn't find my way. So I, I picked up the practice of meditating, and it has changed my entire life right it's amazing right <laughs> it's it's so liberating to be able to sit down and just kick everything out of your brain yeah and just be chill and just just enjoy your existence in the world yeah and 
a lot of times I'll be sitting there very quietly and I'll, I'll ask myself a question like, how, how may I serve today? Or what kind of art is coming today? Or, you know, mm-hmm. or I just won't even come up with a question. I'll just focus on a feeling and a painting will just materialize in my imagination. Wow. And I just, I stop the meditation and I, I get it down and then I continue on to my work. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's funny because it's, you know, meditation is so, uh, <clears throat> it's kind of a normal thing you hear people talk about meditate. It's pretty popular meditation, you know? So we tend to not, I don't know. I've, I, I, once I started doing it, I talked about this recently somewhere, I don't know, another podcast or, or I don't even remember where something, some interview or something. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I'd been doing it off and on all my life, but I never really developed the practice of doing it every day up, up until like four years ago, three or four years ago. And, um, once I started doing it regularly, it was like, oh, this is why it's so Amazing, yes. you know. Once you start doing it, it like it's it's a weird thing. It like it builds up or something. It's mm-hmm. like some kind of energy builds up or something. It's really weird, and it, and at first it's such a pain in the ass, and it's so it's a struggle because your mind yes. is going crazy. So you have to just stick with it, stick with it, and then eventually it becomes easy, and then eventually it starts like weird things start happening. You know, like you yes. you get like these bliss feelings, or you get these rushes of energy. Like mm-hmm. Kundalini energy, I mean, all kinds of different weird, trippy things start happening, and and then you know it's like you say meditation. Some people are like, "Oh yeah, mindfulness meditation. You just relax your mind, and that's you know, it's great. It's good for stress." But it's so much bigger than that. It's it like is. it's so much more. It's 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 like the it's really like the thing. It's it's the that. it's the one thing you kind of need, I think, to cope in this world. To you yeah. know, survive and, and grow spiritually, I think, in a way. I, I like how uh, Wayne Dyer uh, referred to it. He, he said that silence is basically God yeah. or source totally. or spirit, whatever, totally. whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And when you divide silence, all you get is more silence. It, right. is, it is the only thing really that is that is real. And right. never changing in the world. And so meditation is your channel to your subconscious and to your higher self. Yep. And w- when you when you open up that channel, you start to see a lot of synchronicities yep. in your life. Yeah. Like to d- today, last night, I, I couldn't I had the worst anxiety attack about this interview which is <laughs> i'm not even worried about it now i, know, I can right? talk all day they told you told you it's, it's easy once you start talking <laughs> and uh this morning i i woke up i did my meditation i opened up my email and there was this interview that i did with a lady from the albuquerque journal that i completely forgot about it was a phone interview. I did not remember it. I, mm. I was like, what the hell is this? It was a Google update. It said, oh, you popped up on, on Google. I'm like, I popped up on Google. What did I do? So I opened op- Getting canceled. The email, right? Let's cancel this lady. She's crazy. I opened the email and I was like, oh, how funny that I would get 
to see how this interview turned right. out on the day that I'm doing another interview yeah. with Chet. <laughs> it was like the universe was telling me, you got this. Calm down. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I get so scared. And I saw that. I started laughing. I, just, I kept <laughs> I laughing. I know, right? It's hilarious. It is hilarious. When those things start happening, you just like got to shake your head and laugh. Yep. You know, yep. it's like, oh, man, I'm so dumb for, you know, stressing about this or that. It ha- happens so often that it's just part it becomes just part of the way life is. You know, yep. it's like, oh, OK, yeah, there's someone's got my back. Someone's always mm-hmm. got my, you know, there's something out there that's got got me. Um, and, I, you know, I've been thinking about about it a lot lately. <clears throat> Again, this is something I know I mentioned on some interview. It might have been one of my podcasts. I don't know. But. If you think about it, our minds are constantly active, even when we're sleeping. It's like constantly running, constantly, constantly. So when you finally, and because you're dreaming all night, it's like it's not like your mind just relaxes and 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 stops thinking when you're asleep. It's like it's, you know sometimes my mind gets more active when I'm sleeping. Some of the crazy dreams I have, and even if you don't remember them, it's like you're still dreaming them. You just don't remember them. So, so it's like when you take that time and you stop your thought for like 20 minutes or whatever it is, 30 minutes, 10 minutes, five minutes, whatever, it's like, it becomes a huge deal that you're stopping, that you're doing this. It's like this huge, uh, huge intention of stopping your mind that, you know, you'll it never happens otherwise unless you do it. You know, Mm -hmm. unless you're like painting is kind of a meditative process as well. And, you know, exercise and this and that. These are all there's different things that are meditative. Uh, Sports can be meditative, all kinds of physical activity and stuff. But those moments are like they become, you know, like uh, sacred in a way because you're it's the only time you're stopping your mind from from uh, from thinking. And it's and Mm -hmm. it and it makes it just like. I don't know, kind of this revolutionary act you're doing in your life every time you meditate. Because if you if you didn't, you would just be constantly, your mind would go from birth to the end of your life, just running and yeah. running and running and driving yeah. you insane. So it's like, uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing. And the more I do it, <clears throat> the more amazing it gets, too. It's a trip. Not not doing it is like having a leaf blower playing constantly in your mm-hmm, mind. Mm-hmm. Who likes who likes leaf blowers? Nobody. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking hate those things. <laughs> yep, I know exactly. But you know, it's and and I've I finally you know it's just basically a matter of building the habit up too. It's like anything, and and now when I don't do it, if I if I miss a day, it's like it bugs me. It's like right? damn, I got to oh do my, my meditation, God. and that's the way, that's where you want to be. You want to be like you feel you kind of feel like you have to do it. You got to put it in your routine, and mm-hmm. um, and you know, for me, it's like a maintenance thing. It's like okay, I got to get it out of the way. I get it out of the way in the morning before I start my day, and and then I, it's like, <clears throat> you know, it's just like anything. You take a shower, you do your meditation, then you feel like okay, I'm ready to start, yeah. rather than just like you know getting up late and slowly working your way into your work day if you're an artist or whatever it's a it's a it really kind of sets you up it works just on so many levels you know i'm just i can't i can't say enough good things about it clarity you need you need that clarity absolutely it's so weird too when you finally get to that point where your where your mind isn't completely going insane and you get that silence it's like whoa 
what is yes. this? This is so weird. <laughs> yes. I can't believe yep. my brain hasn't thought for the last three minutes. There's just been and then, silence. And then you start thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. And then like, then you start noticing, like, I don't know, at least for me, I start like I could, I, it's like, I can feel, mm-hmm. I can feel the processes in my body mm-hmm. happening. Yeah. It's the, it's the weirdest thing. Yeah. I, I can't explain it in words, but I, all I can say is that you have a more profound awareness of, of, of not only your spirit, but your, your human form, because we are, yeah, for sure. We are spirits living a temporary human existence. We are not humans living a spiritual existence. Right. That's, it's the other way around. Mm-hmm. So meditation also helps make you realize that. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely feel your body. You know, you, you just become more in touch with, you become more grounded in touch with yourself as a human being and as a spirit too, you know? So has it helped with your depression? It has. Um, That's great. The things that would, I, I, st- I still have depression. I still mm-hmm. struggle, but the, the things that used to weigh on me a lot don't, don't drag me down as much anymore. And I have the ability now to step back and, and actually question why it is that I'm feeling the right. way that I'm feeling. That's how, yeah. And if, yeah, yeah. If it's even worth feeling that way, mm-hmm. because 99% of the time it's not. Yeah. It's not right. worth feeling the way that you're feeling. But until you take the time to quiet yourself to be able to come to that conclusion, you're still going to be the hamster in the wheel all the time. Yeah. Totally. I, I've, I've noticed that with my anxiety because I get stressed out about everything pretty much. And um, it's it's like it's not that it makes the anxiety go away. It's that it allows you to think clearly about what the anxiety is and to notice where it's coming from. And then once yes. you notice where it's coming from, you're like, oh, I can let this go. I don't need this. This isn't this is like an unconscious process. And it's like the mm-hmm. only, re- you know, it's, I, and, and you grow, you know, I grew up with anxiety my whole life, like as a kid, just constant, constant anxiety in my gut. And, um, and then, you know, it, it, there comes a point where it's like, oh, I don't, I don't need to keep feeling this way. I got my life sorted out. I'm not, you know, I'm not in this crazy situation anymore that I used to be. Things are mm-hmm. stable. And it, I've just been feeling this way just out of, just habitually and and when you meditate i've noticed that it's it's easier to deal with my anxiety like you said it doesn't make the anxiety it's not like i don't have anxiety now it's more like it's more in control it's less or it's less in control of me than it was before it's kind of like you become friends with it right yeah yeah you talk to it and you understand (laughs) and you're like hey you know could you stop being so annoying right now (laughs) like i need to do this work yeah Please you can, go away yeah you can kind of work and then you get you get to work <laughs> yeah 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 you kind of work with it it's like okay this is part of who i am as this human being so this is like a, a another tool that allows me to deal with this and, and and work with it um yeah it's amazing well that's great i'm glad that it's helped helped you i just i really i hope more people more and more people do it um so what's uh what are your uh what what do you, do you have like big future plans for your artwork? I do. Um, what are they? I, I, <laughs> if you want to share am, them, 
Oh, absolutely. I'll share. So I have been working on, let's see, I have, I have the sketches right in front of me. I have one, two, three. I have like six, 16 sketches. Wow. Of ideas that came to me through meditation. And I want to paint them all. And I want to have a solo show at some point. And Excellent. I know I can do it. Oh, yeah. I know I can do it. Definitely. So it's just a matter of doing the work and mm-hmm. having that knowing, having that knowing. And like uh, like Abraham Maslow said, being independent of the good opinion of others. Right. So when people <laughs> tell you that you can't do things, you're like, ah, okay, that's what you think. Yeah, And then yeah. You, just, you just go about your business. So that's where I'm at. I want to do things full time. I've, I've been gifted a printer that I have finally figured out how to use. Oh, is, excellent. Yeah, that, it that, is came amazing. In a, that came in a cosmic way too, right? Didn't, it did. It did. I remember so you telling like, me about that. <laughs> like two weeks before I got this printer, I was like, man, I really need a printer. I got to <laughs> do these prints. And then like two weeks after, my friend who upgraded her her photography and printing equipment was getting rid of this printer. And I saw I saw it online. But because this person has given me so much before, I have computer monitors and stuff uh. that they were getting rid of. It just I, I didn't felt selfish for uh-huh. asking for mm-hmm. it. So I didn't. And my friend Heidi was like, Did you did you see that Connie put this printer up on Facebook? And I said, Yes, I saw it. She said, Why aren't you asking for this printer? <laughs> I'm like, Heidi, they gave me two computer monitors. These people are so kind. I just feel so selfish. And she's like, you better ask for that damn printer. <laughs> and I was like, all right, all right, Heidi, I'll ask for the printer. So I asked for the printer. I was like, if if you already gave it to somebody, it's fine. You know, I, I felt kind of awkward asking. And Connie was like, three people asked, but I don't even care. Come pick up the printer in a couple weeks. <laughs> so I was like, are you serious? She's like, yeah, absolutely. That's I'd rather great. you have it because I know that you that you need it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I didn't tell anybody that I needed this. Right. In my mind. <laughs> and she's like, I know that you need this printer. So I was like, okay, thank you, universe. Yeah. I have a printer. <laughs> and, Asking and you shall receive. It, exactly. When you ask from the heart, you get mm-hmm. what you need. Yep. So I got this printer. And I got a whole bunch of other stuff after that. And I'm just like, okay, when... When you decide to walk in your life purpose, things will conspire to help you. Yeah. Yep. You just have to be open to them. So yep. true. So are your how are your sales? My sales have picked up. Uh, I I'm... had a I had ten paintings at Keep Contemporary for a solo show that started in May and out of ten, seven are sold. Wow, that's great. That's great. I've just been looking, you know, look browsing all your work while we're talking. I'm like, I can't believe this stuff isn't just, you know, selling out immediately. It's like so appealing. So, so again, what I tell what I tell any artist that um, that uh, that is as good as you, if if it's not, it's well, it sounds like it is selling. So you don't need this advice, but. For artwork as good as, well, as good as yours, I'll take any. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, for artwork as good as yours, if it's not selling, you know, instantly, it's 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 a marketing issue mm-hmm. because the artwork is too good. This hand, this 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 
this uh, uh, I give and receive, this hand and the heart. I just sold that. That just sold. Fucking, yeah. it's a masterpiece. It's a masterpiece. Thank you. It's amazing. Thank it's like, you know, the me, I can just, you know, you can, you see it and you know what it means. And it's also really awesome. It's also kind of creepy, you know, cause you didn't, you didn't do like a cartoon heart. You did like a real yeah, fleshy yeah. heart. I, and it's I so cool. Doing that. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's excellent. It's amazing. It's amazing. But all your stuff's amazing. It's great. So I, I just, you know. Just keep doing what you're doing, but market, just keep marketing, keep pushing the marketing because people need to see your work. I'm telling you, it's, it's, I could see this stuff showing in, you know, really high end galleries too. So thank you. it's just from, a ma- from, matter of marketing. From your mouth to the universe's <laughs> ears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. I love it. I love it. It's excellent. So that's awesome. Um, thanks for coming on the show. It was so great to talk to you. Um, I appreciate you taking the time. It was easy, right? That was the piece of cake. I yeah. don't even know, like I said, I don't even know why. You know, I don't know why I was freaking out. But you know, this 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 will serve to help people who are anxious to to realize that they don't really have to be that anxious about anything. Yeah, yeah. I've had people turn me down to be on the show because they're nervous about. Them. I'm like, don't do that. Just do it. Just do it anyway. Be, it's okay to be nervous. Just do it anyway. For a split second, when you sent me that message, I was like, holy fucking shit, I'm not ready. I can't do this. (laughs) Yeah, but you immediately said yes. (laughs) Yes, the terror filled my head, and I was like, I can't. I I asked for opportunities. This is an opportunity. I can't say no. I would be slapping... Exactly. Exactly. And this is why people, part of the reason why people don't succeed in art is that they aren't willing to take the all the opportunities you know you got like you said you got to ask for those art opportunities like basically you need to put effort out there on a cosmic level you need to show the universe that you're that you you know let the universe know what you want and ask for help and then when it comes you have to take jump on it and take it and you can't be mm-hmm. like mm, i don't know if i'm ready or mm, i don't know if this is the right thing it's like you, you know when especially when you're building your career you need to you know i built my whole career on that you know it it, it, even though it's uncomfortable i'm gonna do it anyway it's gonna suck i'm gonna hate it It, i don't even if i hate it i'm gonna do it anyway because i have to do it exactly it's like (laughs) it's like there's there's a meme that that's around it's like the the bob's burgers cartoon and he's like okay fine but i'm gonna complain about it the entire time right. and that's kind, of, that's kind of how i feel I'm like i'll do this and then you do Fuck it. it but i'll do it you do it and then 99 percent of the time it's it's so much easier than you and you know your exactly. your anxiety about it was worse than actually doing it that's what i fa- yeah, found exactly. you know but mm-hmm. well we did it so Thanks again for coming on. Really great talking to you. I'm a I'm a huge fan. I really believe I really believe your work's gonna take off in a big way. So um everybody check out yeah, check out Tanya's work. Um what I'll post it in the in the body of the text, but tell tell people where they can see your work. So uh if you go to www.tanyapumalasart.com, that'll take you to my website. And there is a drop-down menu where you can read about my career. You can uh, find other ways to support my work on Patreon at Kofi. 
or coffee. I still don't know how you say that. <laughs> but um, oh and, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, your yeah Patreon, yep, Patreon. You yep. started the Patreon. Yep, it's Patreon. Uh, uh, Patreon.com slash Tanya Pomala's art. And you can find me there. I upload work in progress pictures. I upload time lapses. I post my writing sometimes. And uh, yeah, you can. That's where you can find all my stuff. TanyaPamalesArt.com. Yes, and I'm on your Patreon, and everyone should support yes. it. Yes, this is, you know, when I have to say uh, this interview and you supporting my Patreon and all and, and how you feel about my work is is kind of like a dream come true for me because I have admired your work before we even spoke to each other. Oh, good. <laughs> I, I, I saw your work and I'm like, man, this dude is kick ass. I love this stuff. It's so inspiring. Oh, good. I appreciate here it. I am, here I am on the, on the podcast. Life is <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Well, you're you know you're doing the work and you're making great work. So you know it's like I'm, I'm happy to have you on. I appreciate it, you coming on. Uh, I just I think the work's excellent. I love it. I love it. I love it. So um, I I just think you know it's just a matter of getting getting it out to more people. That's all there is to it. So um, yeah. All right. Well, let's let's we made it. Let's say let's say goodbye to the oh T A N I A. P O M A L E S A R T. Tanya from Alice Art. (laughs) Just to be safe. Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) So now we have to say goodbye to the audience. You know how that goes. Yes. You ready? Goodbye, audience. Goodbye, audience.